Hi, welcome back. This is Carrie. And I'm Summer, and we are Hypoxia Podcast, and we are back today with For Honest History with Leo, our favorite historian. Your internet's doing that thing again, where you lag a little bit. I'm beginning to think it's you, Carrie. What? Was it not doing it earlier? <laughs> right? It wasn't doing that before she got here. No. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Hi, editing summer here. I just wanted to pop in before we even get started and apologize sincerely for the quality of my video. I was teasing Carrie about it being her fault, but in reality, I was recording from a remote area on a unstable connection and so sometimes you just get what you get but we thought this was a very important conversation and if we attempted to re-record um, we just would have missed the upload date and so we thought it was more important to just go ahead with it the way it is in order to get the information out there for everyone so thank you for being understanding and on with the show okay leo what are we talking about today <laughs> we'll just jump in with that. <laughs> yeah. We're letting off. Leo take over. Yeah. <laughs> We're just starting it now, huh? Yeah. <laughs> sure. Let's go for it. It ain't my show. This is y'all's show. I'm just hopping on to hang out. Oh, but you're our favorite historian, and we need you to teach us some things today. Our guest of honor. Yes. <laughs> First of all, I want to draw attention to his shirt. I'm loving the shirt today. Yeah. Yep. Legalize it. Never oh, had that's it. right. There are, there are people on podcasts who can't see it. It says legalize being black. I forget sometimes there are people who can't see the video. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. Okay. They should be watching us on YouTube anyway. Stream on all platforms. True. Very true. I agree. I agree. I agree. I spent a lot of time creating this. You know, people should appreciate it. <laughs> it's a lot of work, I'm telling you. <laughs> okay, so, so what do we got today, Leo? Um, I guess we're going to talk a little bit about Black History Month. And okay. I was going to take a, a bit of a different take on it instead of like wanting to talk about like one person or one event, but just kind of talk about, you know, what Black History Month means and, and what we should be doing and how to kind of make it more of a uh, an everyday thing instead of just a one month out of a year sort of thing. So kind of go from that angle. But uh, I, I guess uh, before we get started, um, you know, the month isn't, the month is always, I mean, every day is hard to be black in America, but especially now coming into February when we've had, you know, I think the leading up to the day before and the day of the start of Black History Month, which is February 1st, um, we had 13 HBCUs that ended up having bomb threats and having to close down school. Um, we had uh, Amir Locke, who was killed by um, Minneapolis PD for, you know, being a black kid sleeping on a couch wrapped up in a blanket, 22 years old, and um, and um, somebody issuing a, a executing a no knock warrant and deciding to crash into a house. And when he grabs his, you know, legally owned gun in Minneapolis, you know, he ends up being murdered, and that's exactly what it was. Um, because I can imagine if he were white, it wouldn't have happened that way. And uh, that whole good guy with the gun thing never really works out for people that look like me. Um, and so, yeah, like it's a, 
it's tough every day being black. And at the same time, I wouldn't have it any other way. Um, I think that when it comes to Black History Month, I think it's important to understand that it's Black History Month and not Black American History Month or anything like that. So I think that we should be able to celebrate, you know, all forms of blackness, whether we're talking about Afro-Latinx, whether we're talking about Afro-Indigenous, um, Black people that are in the LGBTQ plus community. So uh, nobody should be exempt. The blackness is everywhere. And it's uh, almost impossible to tell the story of, of the history of America or even the world without Black folks. And so um, celebrate it all. Um, I know one of the things that I know that I've had to work on recently is trying to find like the joy in, in blackness and in, you know, reading and seeing movies, TV shows and books, because normally this month ends up being about, you know, our struggle and our, our fight to overcome instead of being able to celebrate, you know, just black folks being black. Um, you know, something that I talked to my students about a few days ago and something that, you know, one of my best friends, his, uh, his son is getting ready to turn 12 and he walked up to him and basically asked him, like, where are, like, the, the stories and the books of Black kids just being Black? You know, Harry Potter gets to be a wizard. Like, where, where's the story about a Black wizard? Where's the story about, you know, a Black kid that just wants to be Black in America and just having fun and, and being fantastic and, and you know, sci-fi and all that other stuff? And it's just, it's not out there. And so it's, uh, it's I think it's really important that we do try to celebrate the joy um, that comes with this. Um, try to find ways to laugh this month. Um, find ways to read because for, for, for black folks in America up until, you know, the 1960s and, and during enslavement, like it was illegal for black folks to laugh. It was illegal for black folks to read. And so those are our ways in which we can enjoy ourselves and still exercise a bit of uh, resistance. And I think that that part is, is important. Um, you know, I also encourage a lot of people to look at, you know, the contributions of, you know, children, you know, throughout the history of, of America. Um, whether we're talking about like the Children's March in, in you know, in, in Montgomery, Birmingham, um, you know, in Alabama in 1963, in which they actually decided to, to basically march out of schools and a lot of them were arrested and detained and held for days and weeks on end without their parents really knowing what happened to them. Um, or whether we're talking about, you know, the lunch counter sit-ins that happened all throughout the South in the 1960s that were led by college and high school students. Or even like today, um, I mean, even like a, a, a girl who's in high school now who's been doing this since she was in elementary school, Little Miss Flint. Um, I believe her name is uh, Mary Coppany, and she's been, you know, raising money and bringing awareness to the, the Flint water crisis in Michigan, which is still not resolved after almost a decade of doing this. Um, but there's an opportunity to learn about kids in there during this process. Um, you know, I guess I would, I would go ahead and also say, um, you know, support local businesses that are black, um, support your black coworkers, um, during this time, um, you know, support your local black nonprofits and not just the big ones like Black Lives Matter or the NAACP, but there are tons of small ones that are doing a lot of great work that are in every community because black folks are everywhere. Um, and uh, do that and support. Um, try to find ways to, to get out there and, and, and ingratiate yourself into the community and learn a bit more. Um, it's my hope that when it comes to Black History Month that we're not just using February as the only month out of the year to learn about Black folks, but that Black History Month itself should be a culmination of the things that you've learned from March until the next February, to be able to celebrate all of those aspects and all those ideas and be able to share those out with everybody else. Um, and Black history, honestly, is really, really expansive. And so only having 28 days to do so um, 
doesn't give us enough credit. Um, and for all those people out there that, that talk about, you know, black folks only having, having like the shortest month out of the year and it figures, you know, they need to understand that, um, that, that uh, you know, Black History Month started off as Black History Week because of the birthday of Frederick Douglass and the birthday of that other guy, that 16th president who was a, a racist on his own. Um, but that like, we were able to grow this from a week into a month and it just so happens that it happens to be February and that it wasn't something that was done intentional or anybody else, but like take those days and celebrate it. And again, it doesn't have to be 28 days. It can be 365 for the rest of your life if you want it to be, but that's the choice that we've got to be able to make. Um, you know, and I think that that's, you know, that's kind of it. And it's also important for us to know that, you know, black history starts in Africa, like with kingdoms and, and inventions and some of the world's greatest areas, um, the most resource rich, you know, continent on earth. And it doesn't start, you know, us coming across the Atlantic in chains. Um, and so when people decide that they want to teach us to their kids or learn about themselves, um, you don't start off from enslavement. You start off from from kings and queens, and you start off from you know caring and loving communities. And um, you know it's important to have that context moving forward. That like just because you you know you're learning about black folks, and just because that black skin doesn't mean that it all starts off with trauma. That it started off with something really amazing, and you know go from there. And I think that as you learn and educate yourself, you know that is all that we need in order to begin to start making some progress. And uh, the equality and the equity that we seek shouldn't come from pity, but it should come from respect from what we've had and, and the, uh, the opportunities that we've created for ourselves to continue to grow. So, um, you know, those are just some, some kind of tidbits for myself. Uh, hopefully the people that are listening to, to think about Black History Month and to uh, carry it on throughout, you know, the rest of the year. It doesn't have to be a one-off and it doesn't have to be 28 days. You can turn this into an everyday thing. And uh, in that way, you will be continuing to do your part to act in resistance and act in solidarity with, you know, black folks, because without black folks, America's not America. Um, we had to build on stolen land for free. And so, uh, take it from there. Can you pause for this? A million apologies for that interruption and that background noise. I was recording from my mobile studio, which is in my converted minivan, and I had a child knocking on the door, and so we had to pause recording, and I am so very sorry for that rude interruption, um, but let's get back to the topic. Back to the topic. <laughs> okay, so I have, a, I have a question for you as an educator. Yes. Um, and... I have a point to this. Um, so is it just me? I'm sure you've seen this whole nonsense because we're from Oklahoma. So we have to, you know, they had this panic about kids being taught uh, critical race theory and, and all of this stuff. Is it just me or do they basically just not want any, well, I mean, we know they don't want the truth told about American history, but it seems like they also just don't want black and brown people included in that history. I, I, am I am I off base on this? No, not at all. I mean, I think that's the whole point of their argument, which is, I mean, it starts off being called CRT, critical race theory, and for people that have done any of the homework on it, like, they should know that critical race theory is only even discussed when it gets to, you know, law school or college, and, and you have a specific course on it. 
Um, and there are books that really talk about, you know, critical race theory as it comes to law and the foundations of this country. But when it comes to everything else, like white folks have now taken this to, to mean anything history related. And uh, they don't want their kids to learn about anything. And, and unfortunately, like that is harmful for all of those kids. And the things that I always find interesting about this argument is that it's always, you know, these adults that are so afraid of their kids feeling bad or being really hurt or all these other things. It's none of these kids that are really coming out and saying, hey, I don't want to learn any of this stuff. Like, I think that most kids, I don't want to say enjoy it, but I think that they enjoy not getting history sugarcoated for them. And I think that for them, it's, it's important that they learn the entire truth of the country. So then that way they can try to begin to, to make, you know, amends and to make this place a bit better. It's not about making, you know, white kids or anybody else feel bad about themselves. It's about giving them, you know, the entire idea of what America actually is. And when we decide to cut out different parts of it, or we decide to, to talk about it in ways, whether it's, you know, black folks were, you know, indentured servants or they were immigrants to this country instead of being brought over here as, as enslaved members of, you know, of America then that's when we get into these issues. And unfortunately, like all those white folks that are adults that are up there hollering and screaming about it, um, they were taught in that same way. And to them, they figure they want their kids to have that too. But uh, I'd also argue that when it comes to it, I think a lot of it comes from their insecurities. And I think that they're afraid of having their kids come home and ask some questions about you know, what they've done or how did they learn or come home and criticize America. Because you know, for, for white adults, for most, for a lot of them, you know, America's been great. I mean, I always kind of think about like that, uh, that, that video when a couple of these black dudes were, uh, were, were at the, like one of the showings of Black Panther and they saw like, wasn't even at Black Panther, but it was, it was showing the, um, the poster for Black Panther. And they're like, wow, like I feel so empowered, like looking at this. And they're like, yeah, you know what? Like, you know, if, if, if this was how I was represented every single day, like I would love this country too. And so for white folks, like for them, it's the same thing. Like, I can imagine why they love this country. For a lot of them, it's it's done some wonders. Although I would argue that for most of them, it has not, but they get to invest in their whiteness and that's another topic for another day. But um, I think white folks have now co-opted the idea of CRT to basically mean anything that is remotely uncomfortable for history, that shows white people, it shows this country in a negative light. And um, I think that was their plan all along. Um, I think a lot of these white folks aren't that dumb that are creating a lot of these uh, laws and stuff but they're counting on the majority of the folks that follow them to not be very educated um, and understand exactly what's happening here. And so that's how we now get legislations where they now want cameras in classrooms or um, now different states that are um, setting up tip lines and, and hotlines for um, a parent to you know, tell on their kids, uh, teachers, for teaching about CRT, which again is code for actual American history. So when you don't want your kid to learn about the civil rights movement, you don't want them to learn about Martin Luther King Jr. You don't want them to read, you know, any books that have come out about any stuff. Like what you're saying is that you just don't want them to learn a complete history of America. You want them to learn the history that you learned, which has been deeply problematic. And so, um, yeah, you're not you're not wrong whatsoever. And uh, I wish we could have these sorts of conversations with folks that actually wanted to learn and actually wanted to get better. But you know, these white folks out here hollering and screaming about it, they. Uh, they have their own agenda. And unfortunately, a lot of them are just kind of falling in line with their political ideologies and their identities, so. Well, Oklahoma is trying to go a step farther than just banning CRT now. A bill is being introduced to supposedly protect the um, 
religious rights of students, which basically means any teacher that teaches curriculum that is against any student's sincerely held religious belief or closely held religious belief, I think was the quote, um, then they can be fined like a minimum of $10,000 and stuff. And I'm like, well, my sincerely held religious belief at that age was that I shouldn't be in school at all. So you just outlawed all curriculum. I want to know like how critical race theory would go against any kind of religious beliefs. Like black people are people and you're supposed to care and be empathetic towards people. Stop it, Carrie. You're, you're making too much sense. Stop it. You're making yes, way too much I, sense. You're saying Stop. that, but I am thinking about as a child standing inside of a church. This happened. I was standing inside inside of a church. We were leaving after service, and this was the last time that this minister was allowed in our church because his wife literally um, came at my dad for allowing one of the the guest minister was a black man. And she actually came at him for allowing him to speak in the church. And he's like, he was kind of bewildered. He's like, why wouldn't I? Like, he, he, in his head, he was thinking, like, maybe she had some sort of doctrinal objection to, you know, like his belief or something. And she, she, she said, but black people don't have souls. Yes. <laughs> I was, I was like, I was a small child and I still remember this. And this Is that yes. really thing that people believe? Like, it like, is a thing that some people believe. Like, yeah. I mean, the, the demonizing of black folks is is nothing new. I mean, even when it comes, I mean, I, I have to be. I'm very fortunate that I teach at a school that allows me to teach the way that I would like to. I'm also very fortunate that I teach in LA and I also teach in California because I know that if I taught in one of these other states that's doing this, like, I would literally go broke. Like, I mean, I just spent two weeks, two weeks ago, teaching my kids about evolution and like human evolution and how that actually worked and showing them the evidence and, you know, talking to them about the idea of creationism versus evolution and, and you know, what goes into that. Like, I would have been fine, what, that would have been $80,000, eight class periods, $10,000 each. Like, that's my salary. I'm done. Like, I would be officially now broke. Um, <laughs> but it's, uh, I, I, I consider myself fortunate that I'm able to teach this way. Um, it's also very funny to hear white folks jumping up and screaming about the Bible when, you know, newsflash, there are no white folks in the Bible, but exactly. we can go off on no, that part too. No, you know, you know, Jesus had blonde hair and blue eyes. <laughs> yeah, 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 we grew up with that. <laughs> you know white Jesus never got a summer. White, white Jesus, yes. And, and these white folks that are also, right. you know, super into religion were totally okay with, you know, a couple of men bombing uh, the 16th Street Baptist Church in, in Birmingham in 1963 and killing four girls. They were okay with that part too, mm -hmm. but make it make sense. But we can't, we actually can't teach about well, that. I mean, that's a part of CRT. It's so. all based on religion, right? Yeah. Right. So, yeah. so that means we can't teach about the doctrine of discovery, right? So none of the atrocities that happen to indigenous folks, like nothing, except for American exceptionalism. What is the function of the myth of American exceptionalism? Um, it's nationalistic. It's, to, it's supposed to make America feel good about itself. Um, that's really the only reason why I was created. And we do a, a really good job of indoctrinating students every single year. Um, and we have been doing it for, what, 150 years at least. Um, and it's done a good job. Um, the history that, that you will learn in most states isn't really meant to educate kids. It's just meant to get them to be proud to be Americans. And sure, like most of these curriculums do have 
you know, little blurbs in there about enslavement or have little blurbs in there about, um, you know, indigenous folks, you know, having their land taken and things like that. But they frame that as happening so long ago that things have just, you know, magically improved and we kind of move on from there. Um, I noticed but, a lot of in like the history books, like Martin Luther King was alive, like not that long ago, but almost every single picture is black and white. <laughs> To make you think that it was like so much longer ago and like a lot of like um with the stonewall riots mm -hmm. like not that long ago all the pictures are in black and white why like it, it drives me insane it uh it happens for two reasons and and the two the couple of reasons that it happens for is one because it is i think meant to to portray it as if it happened a long time ago and then two like back then there were obviously you know black and white and color photos and TV that was going on. Um, but these, you know, companies and, and these TV stations sent out the, the color stuff to all the things that they really wanted to invest in. And they sent out the black and white crews and, and equipment to the things that they weren't really invested in. So it's a really good idea to, it's a really good chance for you to like Google images. And I do this with my students at times too, um, to show them like one, what the media cared about even back then. And two, to again, show that same idea that, you know, the black and white implies that it happened a long time ago when, you know, it didn't. Like most of our parents were alive at some point in time during those 60s and stuff yeah. like that. Um, and, and I know that like one of the things I've had my students do in the past is look up the civil rights movement and then go to Google Images and see how many of those things happened in black and white. And then also Google the Beatles and go to images and see how many of those are in color. And, you know, the civil rights movement and the Beatles were happening at the exact same time. And yet, and still, you know, the Beatles are all in color and looking amazing. And, you know, the civil rights movement and Stonewall riots and things of that nature are all in black and white. But it comes down to investment and it also comes down to, um, you know, what they were trying to accomplish. And, you know, for them, they, they've accomplished a great deal because they've gotten a lot of people to be brainwashed and to uh, really enjoy learning about American history. And to me, like American history is probably not something we should be celebrating and enjoys to learn. I think that there's a, I think there's a fine line between, you know, having everything be doom and gloom and also being able to have a little bit of fun and learning all that stuff. But uh, if you walk out of uh, an American history class feeling better about yourself because of what you've learned and how it makes you feel, then uh, your teaching that curriculum probably didn't do it right. Yeah. So we're gonna end right here for today, our conversation. Um, got kind of lengthy, so we're splitting it into two parts. So come back in two weeks on our regular upload schedule to hear the end of our conversation about Black History Month on On a History with Leo. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the channel. And if you want to make sure you don't miss any of the uploads, be sure to turn on those notifications so you, uh, you will know as soon as those go up. Um, also like us on social media at Hapoxia Podcast, or uh, the easiest way is to go to our website, hapoxia.com. That's H-O-P-O-K-S-I-A.com. And the links to all the socials and all the podcast feeds are right there. And we just want to thank you all for sharing your time with us, hanging out with us, and we hope to um, spend more time with you in the future.